Good morning and welcome to the Capital Gang. I am Oscar Semoyam Soke, and this morning the coffee stories will continue. We have in the hot seat the man himself, Mr. Robert uh, Biarahanga. You're most welcome to the Capital Gang. Let's sort out your microphone so that you can respond. Um, yes, once again, good morning and welcome to the Capital Gang. Great. Thank you, Oscar. Thank you very much. Uh, good morning, listeners. Yes, you're the man in the storm. <laughs> um, we also have another guest, uh, a, a favorite anti-corruption crusader, uh, Dr. Sarah Birete. You're most welcome to the Capital Gang. Thank you and uh, good morning, listeners and viewers. Yeah, and uh, Ivan Rugamba. I had to run all the way up because the other time when I was slightly late, he had thought about taking power. <laughs> but uh, this time round, it has not been allowed. Uh, you're most welcome to gang. Yeah, good morning to the listeners. I was saying you're be now behaving like some of our presidents who don't communicate when they have health complications, when they are going out of the country because <laughs> they are afraid <laughs> of the safety of their seat. <laughs> I should remind you that for now you're seated in a Fonopondo's seat. <laughs> so you have to be extremely careful. <laughs> Even with the analogy. <laughs> analogy. Any utterance, you know, can be deemed uh, mistakenly. Uh, yes. Uh, so welcome. So, Mr. Uh, Mr. Robert Birhanga, you are not doing very well social media. The other day I watched a bit of you on the uh, agro, was it agro? Yes. Uh, agro platform, agro spaces. Yes. I think that's what it was. Yes. And the issues put to you, and all of them are in the coffee sector, the first one is you've not understood what value addition means. You are probably suggesting value addition means processing coffee to drink, to take. That is one, that you have a lack of understanding of what that is. Two, that your group, especially uh, Robert Biarhanga mm -hmm. and Nelson Tugume, the two chief architects and chief engineers, have taken money to the tune of 37 million or more, mm -hmm. or one million dollars for Sabia Hub and 10 million dollars for the C, is it CICU? Mm -hmm. The and consortium. The yeah. consortium. Mm -hmm. And the consortium, that money has been eaten by the two men. Tugume and Biarahanga. That is number two. Number three, the promises of what you are going to do have not happened. So far, those are the big, big uh, 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 things. You sent a document out yesterday, and yeah. it does not seem to address those very issues. Yes. So from where should we start? Uh, we can start with the social media, um, uh, the social media narrative mm. that is uh, right now happening uh, where influencers are trying to drive the narrative that a group of people um, got money from government and just went away and are having fun with the money. That's the first one that we can deal with. Yes. Uh, that is not true. 
it is not true. The, the coffee consortium was formed to add to the efforts that the previous efforts by government and government agencies like UCDA, like Ministry of Agriculture. For us, we said, okay, we've had the coffee roadmap since 2013. We've had the coffee law debate since 2018, 2021 or 22, I think. Yeah, 2021, it was enacted. We are now in 2023 and nothing is being done. So we said, let's try and do something. And we put together a proposal, presented it to, to, to people in uh, different ministries. They approved it and money was allocated according to the proposals that we made. Those proposals were centered around the very things I wrote about yesterday, which were what we identified as the five drivers of the change that we want. So we said we have production and productivity, but what kind of production and productivity are we talking about? We said, okay, the roadmap talked about expanding the acreage. For us, we are saying, no, let us increase productivity per tree. So we developed a model which we called the Every Tree Counts model or ETC model. And that is to say that currently our average production is 0.8 kilograms per tree on average in Uganda. Can we push this to three kilos per tree without increasing acreage? So that was the first one. The second one was value addition, which is clear. Value addition, of course, is not just roasting coffee. It's everything between the seedlings and the roasting. So then we went to research and development. We went to markets and branding, trade and finance. And again, this was a concept, a debate. Today, that's not where we are. Today, we are implementing. When we say value addition, we have two factories being built, one in, uh, in Ntungamo and one here in, in Namave. Beautiful factories. First time in Africa that you are going to have a freeze-dried factory and a freeze-dried factory. Um, yeah. When we say research and development, we have... Uh, who did I hear talking about cosmetics? Mm. Extracting coffee extracts and making, adding them to cosmetics. We are doing this already. When it comes to markets and branding, I came here wearing this shirt specifically because of this. Because people think we are not doing anything. We did this in Serbia. We are doing it in Russia. We are doing it in uh, Turkey. We are doing it in Dubai. And it's already there. It, there's still a lot of work to do. Of course, to create you're, you're a brand. You're doing a shirt in those places, not coffee. <laughs> <laughs> no, this mm. is branding. Okay. Markets and branding. So creating markets, creating awareness about the Ugandan brand and, and the, beauty, the beauty of it. Uh, trade and finance. We have something that the president launched in April 2023 called the Trade Frontier Fund. And so... On all the five drivers, we are working. So when people say on social media today that these guys came, picked up the money, and disappeared. No, it's not true. We are doing everything according to the plan that we submitted, and work is ongoing. Thank you. Mm. The next thing that you raised maybe was, uh, yeah, the money. Of course, that comes into it. The money is being used exactly as mm. it was planned. We can go back a little bit to those hubs. Sabia. Yes. Because there's a trending uh, video of what the Sabia look, uh, hub looks like. Yes. And Jacqueline Arinde was here last week. Mm. And she says she's on very sure footing. Yeah. That by the time they got to Sabia, of the one million you had received, mm. 500,000 was already spent in transit to Sabia. Yeah. 
and there was only five hundred thousand dollars left available for mm -hmm. the Sabia Hub. And basically, it's a bar. It's no, borders Jackie, on a nightclub, no, and the uh, president could not even enter it. No, 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 no. Jackie, Jackie knows better. She was there. She, yeah, yeah she, she knows better. In fact, she, she says she was there. No, That's she, why she, she knows. Be talking like that because she's very much aware that out of the one million that we first received, the initial amount, the pressure to get that money was not only to look after Sabia; it was to also deposit on the value-added machines that had been ordered. So almost three quarters of that money went to machines in Turkey, which are already here, being installed. Yeah, the roastery, 300 kg per batch machine. You do not have this in Africa. You don't have it. It's the first time it's here in Tungamo. Nelson mm. has already started installing it. Mm. it and the accusation that that, fa like that factory in Tungamo was actually there, it's not a new factory? No. Mm. <laughs> Even Kavushenga said that's not a new no, uh, no, it's, factory. It's, uh, He's saying that factory has been... It was commissioned in 2022, I think. You see, this no, uh, mm, that's I that's the, that's what they're saying. You're not putting what anything we, new. What we are dealing with is and the roster, like someone has told me that that roster maybe could cost twenty thousand, but you need Jesus. to give a, a location so that they go and have a look at it. No, let's let, let's let's use uh, good information. Yeah, okay. so I'm telling you on on, on authority that in Africa mm. there is no roster mm. of capacity three hundred kgs per batch. And yours is? Yes. That's okay. the one in Tungamo. The one that is being put here in Namave, it hasn't started yet, but it's going to start, as you can see from the plan, is 250 kgs. This capacity is nowhere in Africa. It's not there. Mm. It's not there. So these are not cheap things. This is not cheap technology. The spray-dried technology that we're talking about, the only place you find it in Africa is in Tanzania, in Bukoba. Mm. They have it. I think it was uh, the late Julius Nyerere who built it that time. So, Robert, you're speaking on national radio. Yes. You're saying to people, go and visit us in Namave. Absolutely. You are going to see a roster. Yeah, see it in Namave. In, in, in Namave. Pardon, in Namave, it is not? Mm, in go to the microphone. In Tungamo, yes. that's, that's the one. The one it Ivan was switched on two nights ago. But it was commissioned in 2022. Not, uh, what was commissioned at the time mm. was something different from what we are doing today. If you look at the expansion that we have done, it's massive. It's huge. Mm. It's really, really huge because you have a spread ride facility that, is, that has already come in the country. Spread ride. This is a big, big tower. And you have the freeze-dry technology that mm. is also coming, being added to what was commissioned. And you're saying night. this was switched on two nights ago? The roster, yeah. The roster From Turkey. Okay. Yes. The, you know, people listen here. This is national radio, and they send pictures and so Absolutely. on and so forth. Absolutely, and I have in videos that I can show you. That you show us, okay. Yes. Yeah. Right, so uh -huh. go to the next one, the, 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 the CICU. Yes. Yes, you're saying? Um, well, the narrative, of course, is that CICU is a group of uh, con artists. I've seen people talk like this, uh, that we got money and walked away. No, this is not what happened. We have uh, that massive project in Tungama. It's the flagship one. It's the, the top, the, the, the tertiary, we call it the tertiary hub. Mm. So this is where all the value addition is done, including cosmetics, including... Um, uh, extracts like cold brew. So all this is being done in Tungamo. Then you have what we call the secondary hubs that support the tertiary hub. Because one of the, one of the weaknesses we have in Uganda is that aggregating um, what we call kase, a kase, green coffee. Mm. It's very difficult. It's dominated by multinational companies. If you look at the UCDA statistics, 80% of the coffee in Uganda is traded by about seven companies. Seven, if you look at the last report. 
These seven companies are actually multinational companies. There is no Ugandan company that you find in the top ten, apart from Ideal Commodities, which is owned by a Ugandan Indian called Haji Siraj, very fantastic man. So, mm. to guarantee supply to our tertiary hub that is value-adding, you need an ecosystem. And it is that ecosystem that is what you hear of as CICU. Mm. Just a group of companies saying, okay, for us, let us be here in this space, compete with the multinationals, and give you the coffee that you need to value-add. Okay, and I'll yes. tell you, that's a good thing. Yeah. What are the accusations against Mr. Tugume and Mr. Birohanga? They are, one, they've changed signatories yeah. so that CICU is no longer receiving money. The mm. money is going especially mm. to Robert Birohanga, who is the group treasurer. Yes. That is the first accusation. Mm. You changed uh, signatories without permission of the entire group. Two, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you have sidelined uh, all the other people in the group. Now mm -hmm. it is Tugume and Birohanga. Three, uh, the Ntungamo, uh, uh, what you're talking about now, yes. belongs to uh, Biaruhanga. Sorry, Tugume Nelson, Nelson. Nelson. Yes, yeah. not CICU. Mm. That is correct. Those, all and the others you've said are correct, but yes. th those three are the accusations against you. Okay, so I'll, I'll start with the last one. Yeah. Ntungamo belongs to Nelson Tugume. That is true. Just like Funzo belongs to me, Yes. Masha Kofi belongs to Sylvia Chebeta and her husband, and New Bukumbi Coffee belongs to David Bangana. Um, Rubanga Cooperative is a cooperative of different people. So each company belongs to its owner. Mm. What we did is to say, let us come together and pool our resources and our energies and our knowledge and our experience and make a change. That's what we did. So yes, Ntungamo belongs to Inspire Africa. Mm. That's one. So that's true. The second one is about changing signatories. In Uganda, we, we, we have, we have <laughs> these issues. They, are, they call them governance, governance problems. CICU is a very young organization. So it is true. We have disagreements among ourselves. Managing those disagreements and getting out of them is the challenge that we have. Everybody, every organization has its own challenges, unique challenges. You have people thinking, oh, I want to control this. Oh, this one is not with me. What am I going to do? What are we going to do? You're going to have these challenges anywhere you go. Mm. So yeah, we have challenges governance challenges but we are dealing with them and by we are changing making signatories by cutting them out of the money no this is we you're are not sitting cutting on anybody 10 million dollars you're a, a, a union so now if you change signatories to tugume and biaruhanga that's a challenge hmm. is it not a problem i think it, well, first of all was first 10 million a, gra a grant alone it's government it? well it's a grant okay. it's a grant so we have a grant agreement hmm. Yes, <laughs> go on, go on, Mr. We have a grant agreement with uh, Science, Technology and Innovation. Mm. And that grant agreement specifies where each amount of money is going and for what purpose. Mm. So and Go back that to the change of signature. And that, uh, that was done. Ivan has given you a good way out of the other question. So go back to the change of signatories. I'm coming to that. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying... The grant agreement was, was designed in the way that it was designed, and each entity was given its, its due, what it, what it had proposed to get. And that happened. That is happening. The, the, mandate, the signing mandates on the signatories, as I said, these are governance issues. These are governance issues. It's not to do with the money that was received. No. Each entity received its due money. So there's nothing there for which you are going to change a signatory and earn. No, there's nothing. It's just saying... We have an organization. How do we run it? 
And when you disagree, somebody will go and do something. Which comes out in social media as, oh, these people are changing signatories. They are trying to steal money. No, that's not what it is. You've, you've kind of not addressed that very well because they've said money came to you. Yes. $10 million. This is in addition to the other one that had come. No, no, then no. Then when no, the money came. No, 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 no. Oh, sorry. Let's, mm. let's correct that. The other one million the grant was, part was of 10 million. Ah, okay. The one million was part was of the pa- 10. Okay. Yeah. But then when it comes to you, the organization, you change signatories. So somehow you've not yet responded to no, that one very well. No. As I say. And then, and mm. then, in addition, some people to join you were requested to pay 10 million Uganda shillings. He, Oscar, he said something about the fact that each group received money. So I think it's important that he clarifies mm. this. Mm. Yes. Mm. Was when the 10 million was received, yes. was that money distributed amongst the groups, like you're suggesting, or it was given to the consortium? On which, uh, so, so uh, in which all of you are equal members of the consor- of the of the consortium. Right. So, like I said, the ten million was given under a grant agreement. The grant to the consortium. The grant agreement was very specific. There is a proposal, a value addition proposal. There is a coffee aggregation proposal, and each proposal was allocated the money that it was allocated for, and. That is how the money was released and paid out. Was the subdivision agreed? Absolutely, right. yeah. Yes. Mm. It was Just a final one, then we'll have this uh, discussion on the table. Yes. Uh, and the, 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 what was I saying? The, the whole point, mm. the why people say you've got this whole point wrong. Mm. What you need to be looking at in order to get more money into the farmer's pocket, mm. as one of mm. your slogans, mm. is by increasing productivity. Yes. And two, yes. Uh, improving quality. And now the people that are accusing you, yeah. they say you have not mentioned at all anywhere mm. how productivity has increased. You have not mentioned anywhere mm. the amount of coffee that has gone to Serbia. Mm. You have now said there are shirts. I've seen that one. Mm. But, but we, you, you have not pointed <laughs> out how many tons of coffee have gone to Serbia. Mm. And For how much coffee we have in Uganda. Mm. <laughs> okay, so we, 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 we need to be a little bit like realistic. Yes. The money was released, I think, in uh, October. We are now in January. Right? As I speak, the, the, the Serbians were here launching the, the Entebbe. There are some coffee hubs. There's a coffee hub at Entebbe, the airport. And, and we've had some success in Russia. But... Like I said, the consortium is built in such a way that there is a tertiary hub and these other supporting hubs. The tertiary hub was switched on two days ago. So the work of building these things is not easy. I think people think it's like going in a supermarket and buying this flask and then drinking coffee. No, it's hard work to put together a tertiary hub. This is really, really hard work. Why is it not anywhere in Africa? Because it's not easy. But we are doing it. Mm. So the work is ongoing. The orders are coming. And we are going to fulfill them. In terms of, of um, what coffee have you done? We have a lot of coffee. We have a lot of coffee among ourselves as a consortium. So much coffee that we are working with. Mm. In fact, so much so that right now, as we are waiting for the hub to come online with all its different functionalities... We actually are exporting it. We are selling it locally. You buy and sell, buy and sell. When this hub comes online, we buy and supply mm. the hub. And that's the idea. 
So Robert, yeah. the, lastly, mm. uh, Dr. Msenero herself, yes. the line minister yes. who brought the money, has said she has not received anything from CICU. No report, nothing. Uh, you can quote her. She has nothing from Coffee City. Mm. Uh, she's not sure if you're producing any coffee. Mm. Uh, she herself is totally unsure. Well, I, I, I would not comment on, on what you, are, you said, Dr. Masenero has said, because what I understand is different. We are interacting with her every day. Mm. And she has all the information that she needs. Uh, we went through the first audit. We've been going through it in this month of January. And it's, it's, uh, I think it's complete. And, and there's, 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 there's really not much that I can say about that. Because my knowledge mm. is that we are compliant. We have done everything. And there's nothing that Dr. Musenero would say in, okay. in that kind of way. Because my, what I know is different. Okay. Mm. Let's have some contribution across the table and then we'll come back to you. Start with you, Ivan, who is quoting from many sources. A textbook here, a piece of paper there. <laughs> 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 a statistic, statistic somewhere. That's yeah. how we knew that the, the that Ntungamo plant had been commissioned in yeah. 2020. This man carries statistics with him. Yes. Mm. Mm. Uh, thank you very much, Oscar. Uh, you know, last week we, we discussed this, so I don't know whether we should uh, I should be labor going back to the perspectives we shared last week. But uh, well, well, uh, you should because or some of them. They, they mm. accused is seated here, so he's not running away. <laughs> he is the accused. He's in the hot seat. Yeah. We even increased the SC. Yeah, really. Mm. There, there, are, there are several things, really. Mm. Uh, there, there are several mm. things. You see, th the bigger problem, maybe to be the bigger problem with the, this whole uh, uh, discussion around the CIC, is it CIC? CICU. CICU mm. and uh, the people around it mm. is that. It doesn't get. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't uh, get to address the the real, real critical bottlenecks, or as the president likes to call them, bottlenecks mm. uh, around the coffee, the coffee industry. Mm. Uh, Mr. Yaranga here has listed a number of them, and what we have seen in his submission, the one thing he has talked about that they have of the. I think four points or four point areas. The the verified one he has talked about. They have tried to address is the one of value addition, with the with the Ntungamo processing plant and one which is in the offing, as he says in 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 Namavi. But there are things. So, so so first, uh, maybe I should first uh, raise a few points here, which which Mr. Biarango will address before I go into submission. First is the issue of the consortium, the 10 million he talks about. We have information, and this can be verified that when the 10 million was released, the consortium has about 15 members. Is that correct, Mr. Biarango? You submit. You'll yes, he'll uh, uh, make notes. Okay, yes. Mm. So out of 15 members, the the information that is in the public domain is that I think only five of the consortium members received any part of the money. Of course, the public is not aware of the grant sharing agreement or arrangement that that was entered into at the start of the consortium. But the reason we have this information is because part of the initial members of that consortium are the ones who are whistleblowing and bring this information into 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 light. Light that money was released. The consortium was made up of 15 members. Only about five of them received the share of the of the. Of the you know of the of, of the money 
and then we have even evidence of of transfers of you know of this uh, one of these monies into predominantly Funzo coffee and 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 I think the Nelson Togume inspire coffee uh, uh, of, of of Nelson mm-hmm. Togume. The second the 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 second point is that uh, for the for the for a a noble a noble intend a noble intended idea like this. It is uh, it is unfortunate that now that debate has been concentrated uh, at the I don't know what the Biarhangas and the Tugumes would be called I don't know whether they would be called middlemen or exporters the conversation has centered around the exporters and yet coffee like we said last week coffee is a national crop it is the biggest is the single biggest agricultural export earner for the country the single biggest crop export earner for the country. So the reason the debate on coffee is so important is it has very grave implications, first of all, on household incomes, but also in the overall general economic productivity of the, you know, of the country. Unfortunately, the conversation we are having is centered now around a few, a group of exporters who, who received have, who money who from receive, government. Who receive the money, and it is not, there is very little or if any conversation about agro agro pro- producers uh outgrowers and the real or increased coffee, output uh, uh, or the real coffee 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 farmers mr biaranga has talked about the increasing production per tree we have not had any information beyond that being uh, an agenda item we've not had any 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 effort on that front on improving coffee production per tree or we've not had a list of say the number some of autogrowers some unkind people have said his is a strategy it's so, not so a production anything okay so mm-hmm. so so we have not had any conversation about the number of coffee autogrowers or farmer cooperatives that they are dealing with to say to to have that value chain to have that value chain traceable from the garden from the tree to the packaging to the branding and the, and the production to the uh, yeah but you see we are starting we are from putting the it to him so you he see, will this respond is, this is what mm. i am saying that we are starting the conversation is jumping to start from shots from branding there is the, and yet a conversation on value chain should start from the garden from the farmer to the outgrowers to the packaging of this coffee to the processing you know to the, to the processing because i thought i think or oh, in my imagination this is what this consortium or the reason this consortium got this money was to 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 boost that entire value chain to make sure that 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 value addition here trickles down to the mm-hmm. coffee farmer at the grassroots or in the garden in 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 bugisu or in kasese or in okay any of those uh, of these coffee <laughs> producing uh, producing areas so that conversation needs to ha- uh, to happen oscar who are the who are the farmers who are the outgrowers who are the coffee cooperatives that are feeding or support or feeding into this consortium that is now value adding and and uh, and, uh, and, and when will it tip it over the 20 million bags uh, aha, aha, mm. exactly yes. So that conversation is is not hap- uh, is not happening. The second uh, problem with this arrangement is the question. One of the biggest. I thought you were concluding. Now no, you're no, just no. you're the just at number two. <laughs> <laughs> the second issue affecting the this the coffee value chain is the question of finance. You see the question of finance. This money. So that also has implications on how this money was allocated or how the consortium came about. 
there are so many coffee is not a product that is grown by f- these 15 these 15 consortium members and again coffee is grown by millions of ugandans out there one of the challenges they face is access to credit access to finance uh, to financing to be able to to first of all scale their their coffee growing to be able to buy valuable inputs pesticide to buy uh, packaging technology to be able to make sure that when this crop product uh, coffee is going from the gardens to the value addition point it is beyond uh, it is beyond the uh, distribute or we will not have problems of aflatoxins or, or these other p- problems with packaging and all but that conversation on on access to credit so in the long term how what is the consortium doing for example to address this uh, this uh, or in terms of advocating for the broader coffee industry to have this affordable affordable credit the initial initially i came across information that sometime back i don't know whether it still exists in the bank of you around in the central bank there was an export credit guarantee scheme where coffee exporters would be able to would be guaranteed receive guarantees from the central bank to be able to meet their supply commitments you know abroad mm. within six within six months a real consequential conversation around financing for the coffee sector should be on how we scale some of these schemes you know some of these uh, products like this uh, export credit guarantee scheme and therefore this money for uh, that was given to the consortium should have gone to schemes like that or to ucd or to uganda development banks so where everybody every coffee farmer or every actor in the coffee value chain knows these are the predictable mm. qualifications for ka- ka- money to here knows if i want to scale he has three acres i've yes. been there of yes. coffee yes. bananas and pineapple yes so every coffee but he, they didn't invite him to give him should be able eh, should be able to know mm. that if i want to access funding for the value chain, yeah, this, this is, is how i go to, to it because what happens to those who are not part of the 15 consortium mm. members and now so this is why i'm saying that beyond the value addition this go, having been privileged to access this privileged funding by the consortium the consortium should have gone beyond to say look how do we how okay. I address the broader I challenges? conclude so I get some more people in. One or two years that it's been in, in uh, around around here. What are these collaboration and partnerships it has come up with with established and verifiable coffee brands globally to be able to scale, the, you know, my, the, the 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 export and the marketing of Ugandan of Ugandan coffee. Otherwise, what we are having is the word of Mr. Biaranga Nelson Tugumi to say we will launch the hub in a, a, a small shop or a coffee shop in Sabia is not the is not the what uh, what the panacea to to, okay. to to the to you know to the uh, co- thank you problem. Ivan so we need a verifiable mm. uh, a, 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 a verifiable and uh, and uh, traceable explanations of what is happening in the value chain from the crop to mm. the to the to marketing and that the consortium has been able to undertake with this grant okay. from the government of Uganda from the Ugandan taxpayer mm. okay we come over to you Dr Sarah Birete uh, comments on what we have. Uh, uh, I saw social media looking forward to you. But yeah. uh, my, my manager wrote to me already and said, <laughs> you have Sir Dr. Saravit. <laughs> Should I start to worry? <laughs> <So> <laughs> what about you what? Know, Do you you know, know, I get be intimidated. <laughs> just talk. I, I, get I am here to defend you. I, I get this I'm your counsel. <laughs> they usually start day. Saturday afternoon <laughs> on to Monday morning. So... <laughs> Oh my God, I, I want to <laughs> mm. just say that Ivan made a very good submission, but to a wrong party. Oh. Mr. Tugume and team did a proposal as private entrepreneurs in the coffee sector. They are not government. 
they won a grant to do their work. You can only assess them to the aims and objectives of their consortium. You, you cannot now put a burden of government of Uganda or UCDA on individual people. We cannot assess the group on what they set out to do, what they were funded to do, and whether they've done that and whether there is value for money. No, I agree with your points, but they are addressed to the wrong party. No, that's that's my they point. Are, they are from a, a form, a document that Mr. Biaranga shared with the gang about the, the, the mission of the target objectives, increasing coffee production, marketing and branding, trade and finance. They are in the document, you can share it with No, you. it's okay. They mm. Don't worry. These are private actors. They are not government. That's my point. Yes. Where she will end up. Even me, I'm already worried. <laughs> because if you go, if you go to the country's 2020 coffee roadmap, oh. there were a number of objectives and initiatives, and and they summarize them is to improve demand, value addition, and production enablers, to uh, for a target of 20 million bags with a specific specific kgs by 2030 that is the roadmap of government of uganda for the coffee sector the questions we should ask is what has government done to achieve this roadmap immediately after producing this roadmap government withdrew from the international coffee association and and that was part of the value addition chain national to the international market why did we withdraw? From the withdrawal of the, coffee, the International Coffee Association, we saw the introduction of PNET in a bid to have private actors doing value addition on behalf of government. We know where PNET agreement ended. It was a fraud. A fraud that the political leadership is still pushing. From the Pinet agreement, the next big headline on coffee came from the time when we saw a headline from um, MPs that people, OPM gave money to people to, to encourage youth to drink coffee. 9.6 billion. And, and that's why I think the name of Mr. Nelson to give me first featured. Everybody was like, 9.6 billion to drink coffee? How? My office sits below the former coffee city in the minister's village. I visited, they are, they are my immediate neighbor, although it's no longer there, but mm. the signpost is still there. I visited coffee city and I've been one of the frequent visitors. I learned about value addition in the coffee sector. largely through coffee city with their coffee massage with the cosmetics, although I had not, I was I had booked to go into the coffee massage. To, to but learn I, how I, to drink I, I coffee did, with massage. I didn't have time. No, 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 no. And I, I, of course, this, this was a commercial service, not to learn how to drink coffee. But they were saying there are health benefits mm. from dipping water into that coffee sauna sort of that had been created. I had not yet benefited from from that, but I saw the coffee store there. I don't know why the coffee store closed. They are, they are no longer there. But having said that, we need to look at the broader governance issues. In last year's budget, government presented the, the budget framework paper. There was no budget for UCDA. It was parliament that pushed 
and said, how can you not allocate money for the Uganda Coffee Development Association? So what is the yeah, authority, sorry. So what is the intention of government when it comes to the coffee sector? So now what do we see eventually are private actors. So just some information there. They, they eventually they got something like 60 billion. Yes, by <coughs> the push of MPs. Yes. But and the government had not allocated money. And the consortium got 37 billion. Half of, of, of the what budget. You see yes, mm. half of the budget now went, came to, to, to the consortium. So my point is, what is the political intention for the coffee sector? And once we solve that question, then we shall understand why are we having this debate at this material time. Because when you get private actors, first of all, you abandon institutions and try to subdivide the mandate of institutions to individuals. So to what extent can you hold individuals accountable? Mm. Two, we are putting the burden of, of, of regulation, promotion, and, and, and marketing on private people. Of course, we are coming from a background of, you know, the death of coffee marketing board and the rest of that history. So for me, what is worrying me is the governance architecture for the sector. And the second biggest accountability issue is, then to what extent do you hold individual actors? Accountable for the work that is supposed to be done by government agencies. But the individuals have public money have been given public. I money. agree. Mm. I'm saying twate, why are we bypassing government institutions to work under individuals? Why does Parliament, Honorable Katunt is here, a very senior legislator, why does government allocate money to private actors? Former as, as, as a governance activist. I, I, this is part of my, my the questions I have. If there is a grant going to people, why didn't it go through the authority, mm. the Coffee Development Authority? Mm. Why do you then have budget with the names of people when we have government institutions? This is an attempt to, of course, to further degenerate the institutions in this country. So when it comes to then the accountability questions on social media, so should the people who receive taxpayers' money account on social media? I know that active citizenry encourages everybody to be vigilant in terms of value addition and under rest of it. But what are the accountability channels? Why don't the people petition parliament so that these conversations are raised through parliament, an institution charged with the uh, oversight mandate of taxpayers' money? How do we ensure that mm. Ivan, mm. uh, you will come in, I see you yeah. itching. itching. Take notes. Let him give, let me, give him another chapati from standard. <laughs> <laughs> why don't yeah. individuals mm. petition parliament we have accountability <laughs> committees in parliament so that we have a proper assessment of whether Tugume and team are misusing taxpayers money or not because we cannot do this assessment on social media we cannot mm. i know auditor general has produced a report on the, on the 9.6 billion well. so what next then Two, there is a question on this 10 million. It was allocated by parliament. Why can't parliament but do by that? Cabinet. By cabinet. Mm. But who passes money? It, it, it was retrospective. Yes. But still you have an oversight function. Yeah, whether it was under the, the 3%. So why don't we have this debate in a formal setup to give everybody a right to be heard? The, the, the rules of natural justice. 
Because otherwise, social media can degenerate into a mob. Mm. is already on a mob. Uh, it's being lynched on social media. Mm. So for me, if we can have co- this... Co- co- conclude on there, uh, uh, Sarah, and then I'll squeeze in uh, Lydia before the break. Yes, just as I conclude, really. <laughs> That, 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 that should be illegal. <laughs> yeah. Just as I conclude, <laughs> yes. I think as a country, we need to focus on efforts that make sure most funding goes to downstream value chain activities, such as processing and marketing to put. Because the president has always mentioned the money we lose because of absence of value addition. But we need to make sure that these channels are proper and we use existing institutions. Individuals can act under existing institutions, not creating multiple institutions that then get lost in the whole sea of, of institutions and responsibilities. Mm. Thank okay. you. Thank you very much. Uh, you have someone on Twitter saying, thank you, Sarah Birete, for realigning the discussion. This is Maurice Mwanga. No, 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 Maurice Mwanga. This one is a court of public, so to speak. So as Parliament is waiting for us, we shall ask Biarohanga, where is the money? Of course. Yes. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so, Abdul, since Lydia will not be squeezed, seeing that uh, she's not a coffee farmer, let's begin oh. with you. You will take us to the break and after. I, I mm. have a coffee interest, but I can't be squeezed. Ah, okay. Okay. Mm. Me, I can't I be squeezed. Mm. <laughs> but, but, but let's start from, I think, the basics. Why are we having this conversation? Mm-hmm. <laughs> If we don't identify that issue, then we'll be gossiping. Mm. We are having this conversation because some public money has been spent. Mm. Yes. Mm. And once you receive public money, Mm. you need to be transparent Mm. about it. Mm. Yes. Mm. And the first point of departure was, was this money in the budget? Did you plan for it as government? I said this year, we intend to spend $10 million as affirmative action to private investors in the coffee industry. And therefore, the controlling or regulatory authority, in this case, UCDA, should be much involved in identifying the stakeholders. And also, it's not about some people coming together. So look here, can this, because public money, this money is available. So can we have projects? For those people who think they can qualify, you set the benchmarks, and then all stakeholders, whether Kavushenga, is it Mr. Tugume, Biaruhanga, Onobuanyoto, who are interested in this value addition chain, can come and apply for the money, and they show that they qualify. Mr. Tugume, if you just walk and behind State House, and you say. May I come in? This is what I have. And somehow money comes to you. You will attract this controversy. Whether you want it or not. You will attract it. Why? Because the whole process of them acquiring this money was not transparent in the first place. That's number one. Number two, when you went together, you started again. You, you, you dismissed that these are governance issues. Apparently, yes, they are. But what are the real issues? What are the real governance issues? Amongst yourselves, why are you quarreling? You need to put it on the table because you are calling over public resources. And to me, you can't say, you know, change of a signature is not a problem. No, that is the authority over the money. Because this money is not in your bags, it's, in the, it's on the account. 
And once you say no, you, you are not eligible or you are out, it is now me. That means you are the one controlling the money. And you are going to have those who you've, uh, I don't know whether you've sacked or sidelined, who raised the alarm. And this whole, <laughs> you know, whistleblowing was about themselves. You are not sharing properly. To put it in a layman's word, eh, you'll be silent. So that is where the problem is. So, Oscar, is there anybody on this table in this country who thinks we don't need a value addition? So that is not an issue. We all know it. We all know it. The entire country knows it. How are we going to achieve that value addition? What are your strategies? Can you put it transparently? Because we are putting in public money. And we debate it. We debate it in parliament. Uh, there is a sectoral committee. UCD, by the way, I'm interested in getting the UCDA's voice on this conversation. Whether they were party to this whole thing right from the beginning. Why have they been my, sided? My, my thinking is they are not very happy with the consortium. No, why, mm. why, why have they been silent all along? Because to me, it shouldn't even be Tugume here to come and explain. Mm. Uh, mm. So. Oh, yeah, Mr. Tugume. Yeah. This one is Bera. <laughs> This one, Abdul. This one, they are all the same. Yes, but this is the money man. He's the treasurer. He's the treasurer. Yeah. Uh, okay, maybe we don't have to. to uh, I'm sure that was tongue in cheek. Lydia didn't mean it. No, no, but the I the ones I in storm is Tugume and Biarohanga. So whatever it is, uh, whatever it is, he should not be the one to come and explain. And that's UCDA. why Sarah is talking about it. should be yeah. UCDA. Yeah, the it should be Musenero to yeah. come and say, what is this you did? Okay. And, yeah. and explain yeah. it. Yeah. Then he can come with the, the Mr. Biaruhanga or Mr. Yeah. Tugume here. So, to me, we have a problem. Mm. One, money was spent. The people who received the money are quarreling over it. And they are alleging bad faith on part of others. But we cannot say we can't discuss it on social media. Let me tell you, there is nothing you'll never discuss no, no, no. on social media yeah. anyway. Mm. You get it? It's always be there no, because no, no, that's the voice. The mm. hey, that's the voice mm. now mm. of somebody who doesn't, who is not as privileged as me, who can be in parliament mm. on a committee and ask questions. Mm. To them, the only <laughs> way they can vent out is on social media. However, but, of course, but it Abdu, can degenerate. Abdu, do you yes, agree that they should also respond to those that are accusing them of not understanding value addition and of taking the wrong strategy? Uh, actually, to me, it is an insult for somebody to say we are not understanding value addition. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's really, I mean, that's a pet argument. I don't want to get involved in it. Mm. We all know it anyway. You get it. So, to me, what the conversation is about public resources being spent acquired in a non-transparent way. Because how did you come together and say, did you apply for that grant? How? How? Did you, know, did, did you see money in the budget? Allocated for that purpose? Was there a call for proposals? And who evaluated that proposal? Is it UCDA or it is Musenero? And how does Musenero even come in? Because she had the science and this uh, is agriculture. Uh, how does Musenero come in all this? <laughs> you, you know, th th there are many questions mm. uh, and there there would be few answers. Hey. Logical answers. <laughs> of course, there could be some Abdul, sort of answers. We are, we are going to stop for a break, but I could tell you that uh, uh, Katesh reported here 
that uh, Mr. Tugume uh, at a public hearing told MPs to leave him alone that you don't know you MPs. This was reported by Katesh. I, I wish I had told so, a person like me. So we are pleased that at least Virahanga is here. Mr. Virahanga is happy to come and speak about it. But uh, according to Katesh, uh, Mr. Tugume refused and said, you MPs, you know nothing. Well, maybe they knew nothing about how we got the money. That one I can <laughs> concede. But not about growing coffee or even processing it. Uh, but because and there's... The country's interest. And the country's interest. By In the way, the there are only two, Oscar. Yeah. One, how does the farmer get more money for his coffee and then two how do we as a country increase production or increase income and through coffee by value uh, coffee being processed and we have added value those are the only issues let me tell you there is no aeronautical mm. science in this okay. it is a basic economics we are going to stop for a break, and after the break, we'll have uh, Lydia also. I did invite Robert uh, Berahanga here, told him, come and sit in the hot seat. He's receiving a bit of a heat, and uh, we continue. Welcome back from the break. This is the Capital Gang. A uh, bit of discussions, and now Lydia is on the microphone. Um, and there are many things to look at if you do not wish to repeat what has been discussed here. Uh, Lydia, I should tell you, uh, I, I've been to places with Katuntu and we found coffee, especially Kenyan coffee on the shelves in those countries. But the idea that Berhanga can sell coffee in Serbia will have a problem. He needs to open a processing plant in Serbia and that's the only way. He, otherwise, if he processes it here, and packages and sells it to Serbia, then he will undergo the taxes of Serbia. I don't know if he has thought about that angle. You, Lydia, from Bugisu Coffee, are aware of such uh, issues, challenges. Um, uh, thank you, Oscar. Of course, for avoidance of any doubt, um, I come from 100% Arabica coffee growing community. Mm. Sorry about this. It's like somebody is calling to give information. <laughs> On coffee. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I do cavity. So in in Israeli they call it Murikamwizi that you the one which touches a fifth in the night. But uh, I come from a hundred percent a coffee growing community. Bugisu, we grow Arabica coffee. Um we've tried as a community for a long time, many years ago, even before independence to run a cooperative that has lived through the times and is still surviving. Now, having said that, I know for sure that coffee is, has a value chain. There is a story around coffee. It's not just about uh, the story of Togume, Biarohanga, Kabushenga. There are about 15 of them in that same line. But at least I know three who have been consistent in the media. The first thing that we have learned, those of us that have information about coffee, the chain, is that the, the current beneficiaries in the long time have been those that deal in seedling nurseries. If you sell seedling, uh, coffee seedlings, you are likely to <coughs> break through or make money. But there is much more beyond seedlings. There is the weeding, there is the manure, fertilizers, there is the management of the wilt, and then there is the uh, picking green beans or the red beans, and then the, the story of post-harvest and then marketing. 
where I think the Yaruhanga has come in marketing because uh, he hasn't told us how many square miles of coffee he grows or Tugume or even the others. But they are in the sector, which is also a, a good thing. So having said that, I said don't squeeze me, Oscar, mm. because uh, on the 25th of uh, January, the president addressed the country. And he was very angry about the uh, people he called those that who are frustrating the coffee sector. And I listened in very carefully, and I'm like, who is it that is frustrating? I don't know that the rest of you listened to him, but I did. Mm. And he was really angry about the people we he was we saying. We got the transcripts. That they are frustrating the coffee sector. I've just, I've just been home for the festive season, and there are so many coffee farmers who came home. We have two sets of coffee farmers in Biaranga. You may not know even about Tubugisu, but I can tell you, because I come from there, I have... I have emotional attachment to, to whatever that is happening. There are two sets of farmers in, in Bugiso and Nimbali where I come from. There are those who grow coffee and meet the standards of Bugisu Cooperative Union. Bugisu Cooperative has very high standards to take in coffee. And then they also take it at the highest price and they sell at the highest quality. But then there are those who do not manage the standards, but they are also still in the industry. Like so when the president was talking about who are frustrating the sector. I'm like, do th uh, does that link to our union? It, it has been bothering because I wanted to know where our people stand with their good coffee waiting for a good market at a good price and then there's this talk and then your, your social media campaign about you big people that are lucky to access 10 million grant. So uh, all this, we are speaking so that there is a meeting of mind. Where does this coffee farmer from Bugisu, who has his good coffee, packed up in a neatly in a union? And then the, the one that is of your caliber, who can access a grant? Then there is this one, the Ministry of Agriculture. Then the CDA, the Uganda Development Authority. Where is the meeting of my... That is the question, and I would wish you could link up with the, this one who is selling the seedlings. And this one, who is planting the coffee trees, the issue of the management of the coffee tree to the productiveness. How much does a, a coffee tree deliver under a good environment? How many kgs of coffee would my farmer be able to deliver per tree in every season? So that there is a chain and a story we can tell that you, Biaruhanga, can be happy going to the bank or changing a signature, but also my farmer, my uncle in the village, my auntie, my brother is also happy with the seedlings, with the pruning, with the weeding, with the picking of the coffee and with the post harvest and then the bagging and taking to the store or to where you, you are, you, where, I don't know whether you have warehouses or for you, you are just paperwork people who are able to get away with what you're doing. So uh, in summary, what did you say? Uh, mm. In summary, uh, Oscar, yes, yes. I would like to request it, it whether because this is a sector that is uh, both under the mandate of government, it's a government sector, but also largely liberalized, it's a private sector. But also to be mindful of the traditional regions that are known to grow this crop. The Baganda call it a manitekolachi, a manitelimba. And all the communities in central Uganda have been known, whether it's Masaka or Singo or Bulemezi, for growing coffee. They have, have not had their voice on this. Why are they, why, why are they quiet? Uh, don't they have an interest 
in having these very expensive equipment you are talking about, how are you sharing this knowledge and technology with them? Because you cannot wish away Buganda with their Mwanjitelimba. Maybe you can wish away Bugisu. I don't know. But at mm. Buganda, where we are here. Lydia, I have so a, I wanted us to understand this I because have we really have corridors. We, we know what is grown where, we know what is mm. being rearing where. Mm. In terms of our country, the way the country is zoned. So my my request as I conclude, Oscar, is whether you're in the private sector, you're Ugandan, you have you are you are adding value, you have a contribution you are making. Whether you're in a union, a society, you have a contribution you are making. Whether it's government, we would like to hear Ministry of Agriculture speak out on this sector Not properly. Science. And for me, yeah. if if Honorable Tumeba came here, Chagulaga, not so much. I don't understand how Musenero comes in, but it's okay if it's innovation. But I would like to see Honorable <laughs> Chagulaga, Honorable Frank Tumwebaze, or even General. Ramirama. No, General mm. Kasura or Ramirama, because yeah. it's the PS. The PS mm. has an understanding of mm. the sector. Mm. So that we do not really stress the private people who are not mm. only ambitious they have been able to okay. they are clever actually and they know they know how to grab their space because these are business people yeah. they 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 are they know how to position hey. themselves they know how to grab what they can get they but what about okay. government how are you how are we linking into government so that the local uh, person thank you, can loop into mm. the chain and we benefit it's about our country and we are speaking this because we had is taxpayers' money. If it was not taxpayers' money, yeah. I would be quiet. Then, secondly, the president mentioned this issue on the 25th, but he in a mood that was saying people should not frustrate uh -huh. the sector. So, who is frustrating the sector? So, Lydia, question. I have Liz here says those Ntungamo consortium people should adopt a Mwanyi Tedimba for their branding. And she says, no, of course they are telling lies. A Mwanyi doesn't need their lies. So that's another one for you, Robert, to respond <laughs> to. And for us, it is Arabica coffee. It's almost yeah. like culture. It's like circumcision. Yeah. If in Imbalu talk about coffee, it's in the same line with yes. this. Imbalu. Mm. So, and this so is as the microphone here. comes to you, uh, uh, you wanted to ask a question? Uh, no? About the location of the Namave plant? Uh, there, was, uh, there was something asked here on social media mm. about the fact that the Namave plant was uh, under UCDA. Uh, okay. I don't know. We yeah. uh, it says isn't the Namave plant under UCDA stroke no cafe by Gerard Sendaula. It mm. says it's it has been, been in existence for, for quite a while. For, for, for a while. Then even you calling I think uh, Mr. Yaranga yeah. to You see Uganda as a country is very interesting. One at some point in time the coffee sector had the biggest infrastructure in this country. Mm. The sort of investment this country made like in the Bugolovi infrastructure. In you get it in the Mombasa. Where, where did we? Mm. And okay. then what happened? I mean, These are the real questions. Did we learn anything? When, like Sarah here says, when we bring in the governance structure, the, for now we are following the money. So I have a... Uh, so you, you don't mind what happened? No, no, you we do. You are going to make the same mistake. Sarah Bilita has told some you are asking you, the wrong some person. Some of you study history for purposes of... <laughs> no, he's not the wrong. He's part of the story. Lessons we we want to mix the, the private and the public. Ofono Pondo has come in. Uh, he had to see a doctor, so apologies <laughs> were accepted. The shirt he's wearing... Clearly, he did not buy. No, no, I told him <laughs> so. <laughs> I told him so. Well, so he's, he's very smart. Oscar, and <laughs> this so. shirt, this time didn't come from um, one of my daughters. Mm. 
but truly my brother next to me ah. <laughs> almost 10 years ago yeah. so you are you are you are trimming again so I'm good i'm trimming again yeah so i don't know what for, you for can comment you for, for one today to yeah, yeah. last uh, we will have final comment from you then we hand back to robert on, on coffee on coffee if you have any if you came listening in or if you know about the well, developing I, story on I coffee. have just plunged into growing coffee. Yeah. I I I I planted uh, eight months ago. I had a, I have a big dream. I did fourteen acres at a go. Oh, congratulations! I'm beginning to do the bending. So I'm picking the conversation of Robert Kapshenga and the coffee people. We are going to have a good fight. <laughs> but so far, <laughs> I'm a little. <laughs> but so far, you're readying yourself. It's going to be a good fight. It's going to be a good fight. So okay. I'm still watching the space. Yeah. But I would like to comment on what Abdul said. We did privatization, I think, 1993, and many of the things we are referring to were either sold out to private people or leased and so on. I think. We are beginning to walk back to say maybe we made mistakes as a government, as a country. And you can see the president is insisting in some in government making intervention in certain sectors. Mm. I want to believe with the new drive, this could be one of those areas that we need to pitch, that the government needs to come back into. But the botched... Uh, liberalization, privatization, it's just not in Uganda. Uh, recently, I think this uh, this week, there was an article about the privatization of the uh, of the Royal Mail mm. in the UK mm. and other things. Disastrous consequences. Uh, consequences. Mm. So I think the world needs to rethink. If a government can run a whole country, how can a government run, not run just a business, a small entity? Mm. So I think those are areas okay. that we need to reconsider as we go forward. Right. So John Mugonya, who is on uh, Twitter uh, to you, Robert, uh, says, moving from 0 0.8 to 3 kilograms per coffee tree requires heavy application applications, and he does not see how you are doing that. Uh, and then he says, how will smallholder farmers afford the coffee if you've, you're not talking about UCDA, NADS, M-A-I-F, they are not in the conversation. Um, and maybe you shouldn't be talking a lot about the Ntungamo facility because it is not a question of not having it. Maybe it is inexpensive and doesn't make a lot of business sense. So, over to you. Um, responses to thank around the table. Thank you, Oscar. Um, I, I will start by thanking the Honorable Katuntu for because he said, why are we having this debate? And he said it's because of public money. So, and, and I completely agree with that. Sorry. Um, thank you. The transparency required when you get public money, I, I, I totally agree. And we have been very transpa transparent under the supervision of the Ministry of Science, Technology and Innovation. And, and, and that I, is I don't okay. know, Robert, if you have, because when we asked you about why did you change signatories, you keep going around it. You don't have like a very straight answer. I, on I, it. I, I think I explained that it is usual governance issues that you find in, in, in young organizations. Okay, that's, but that's this that's one, really can you tell, tell us the real one? Okay. 
other than real governance. You tell us what is this real governance issue? From a consortium. If it wasn't there, maybe we would not be having this problem yeah. or this conversation. So just say, look here, we are having this problem because of A, B, C, D. Even if it's one issue. And, 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 you, could, only give like and a, you could say an, it was not overview. about personal gain, yes. but we changed signatory because of this. Now you are giving him the answer. No. We, we want to be helpful. <laughs> what I want to do is give an... First of all, we said the money came under a grant agreement with STI. Each entity was allocated an amount which it received, right? The change of signatories came about because internally we said, okay, we have now received the grant, right? We are now going to move forward. When we sell coffee, money comes back, right? Who controls the accounts, right? And uh, people disagree. And someone tries to change the signing mandate or the signatories add somebody else. But these are internal matters, really. No, How as they long came as into it is a public money. Yes. You see, it, it's easy to be... You see, once you receive public money, you open yourself up. If you want this strictly to be private, yes. just use your own money. Nobody will ask you. Correct. But as long as one penny has... That's but the risk you But Abdu, correct, Abdu, correct. To, tell, to tell Robert Virahanga, yes. I run a large organization, yes. schools. And if the, the board had that I changed signatories, oh... <laughs> So it is not a, it's not just public money. I would in not just go around and change signatories. In because our signatories about <laughs> control. Yes. yes. It's about control. Mm. Authority and trust. Yes. Go on, Robert. Thank you. I, I don't know if we should spend a lot of time on this, but... Oh, yeah, that's the gist. <laughs> 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 Correct. I, 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 ex I explained that the 10 million was allocated let under let a grant let agreement. Me put Each entity received their money. Finished. Let me put a second microphone on you as you explain. Yes. The rest, of the, the rest of the conversation around changing signatories, these are internal dynamics in a young organization. <laughs> and, and, and we are dealing with them as mm. we move forward. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I appreciate that. And I appreciate uh, the Honorable Berete also for the guidance she gave on. Um, the issue being that the CICU, the consortium, the coffee consortium is a group of private people yes. doing their best to do this. And uh, the Honorable Wanyoto also for her contribution. But the main thing I want us to focus on here is why did we succeed? How come we succeeded? Uh -huh. How come? It's because of the ideas that we put together and presented not only to His Excellency but to the different government departments, agencies. So here you have, th there's a very important graph which I shared with you, Oscar, yeah? I, I shared it with you. Yes. How do you create value in the, val in the coffee value chain? What is the problem? Well, the what pro is the role of UCDA in all this? W what has been there? I would not, again, go into the role of UCDA because I came with this, and, and, and luckily the Honorable Sarah Bilete talked about it. This is the, the, the roadmap. It was developed in 2013. We are now in 2024. In 2014... Yeah, just uh, to answer my question, what yeah. is the role? You just say UCDA has played this role or it has not played any role? UCDA has played its role. But why I alluded to the roadmap is because this talked about 20 million bags by 2020. This was in 2014. Today we are in 2024. So UCDA has played its role. We moved. At that time, we were at 2 to 3 million bags. Now we are at 6. That's the general so that UCDA is a good, program. A good improvement. relate UCDA to your enterprise yes, and yes. Where, uh, where our public resources have gone? That's the question I'm asking. 
correctly. So UCD has moved us from three to six. Mm-hmm. We are saying, can we catalyze this? Can we add more to what UCD has done? We are not satisfied with what UCD has done, <coughs> Honorable. So we are saying, let's add on. And what we have come up with is here. We are saying, we, let us monetize the things that go into coffee growing, right? Everything, not just the labor and the fertilizer. And we mo- And Yes, we monetize it. So we have inputs, zero value addition, zero bargaining power, weak extension services, pressure from food insecurity, high land fragmentation, limited duckridge, picking and ripe cherries, right? Lack of drying facilities. We monetize everything. And we realized that only the person selling coffee seedlings makes money, manages to break even. If you monetize everything. When you don't, you think you're making money. But actually, the country is losing. So, and this is a, it's, it's a very good, a good analysis. When you sell red cherry coffee, when you pick red cherry and you sell it, you lose 15,000 shillings. I can tell you that is the biggest problem throughout let, Africa. Let me come to this. Primary right? producers really do it for you guys yes so the i'm coming to, I'm, I'm, I'm coming to that honorable katuntu so when you sell red cherry you lose 15. when you sell kiboko you, after you've dried it you lose 17. when you sell faq kase yes. you lose 16. when you sell the export grid which we do you lose 14. only after you have roasted <coughs> do you make about five thousand shillings only after you've roasted right so the graph goes below the cost like that like that you see it and crosses only after roasting. And that is the imperative of value addition. Mm. So when people say, you don't understand value addition, have they done this analysis? Uh, yeah, have they looked okay. at it? Okay, the, okay. okay. but there's a different... So, so, but so a different question what is to our ask solution? on it? Our solution yes. is, uh-huh. put together... Your solution, hold, hold on, let me reframe it in one question. Correct. Your solution, yes. Yes. that in specific terms, what are you doing across the entire value chain so you also put it this is what we are doing for us as the consortium and we are not just debating we are actually doing it uh-huh. you, yes. you say people so are, are saying mm. let us have a consortium with dynamic shares right where someone brings their cherry right they get paid something they get paid whatever price they get paid but still have a stake in the shareholding of what you get finally when you roast the coffee. So are they bringing? <laughs> or these are thoughts? They are not thoughts. Mm. The consortium is formed. Ma- it has received funding only uh-huh. two months ago, three o- months on ago. On this one, I want uh-huh. to be yes. advocate. You see, for you to realize that dream, you might yes. need some time, really. Yes. I, I don't mm. think it will be. I, uh, if you, like you, Katuntu, you are going to realize because you have planted three acres of coffee and often have yeah. planted 14, 14. acres. Mm. But if you have got 10 million, cash you are good to go no, first you put no, the infrastructure in place honorable wanyoto here mentioned talked about the, the 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 coffee that they have in stock at bcu it, it's 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 painful i'm a trader i know when you're holding 10 tons or 20 tons or 100 tons of this stuff right now faq coffee robusta coffee, yes robusta is eleven thousand shillings one kilo of cassette to the farmer is it? so you can imagine if they are holding 100 tons it's so much money that they are not really, there's no liquidity at that price. So, what we are doing here is to say, let us roast the coffee. 
get good value out of it and everybody benefits everybody behind the, the, the roosting benefits that's what we are mm. saying put together a company that has dynamic shares where everybody owns something and shares in what you're doing it's as simple as that limited not by yeah. guarantee but by shares you know, the, the, uh, some people, p- people, Robert, who are following on, so on social media, on Twitter, yes. so uh, I, I have your now, Kiki says, I really appreciate Robert for coming to this show. It is very hot. Mm. I now know the whole issue is the signatories. Spend some more 10 minutes on that one. <laughs> then, <laughs> and then this one says, Mundu says, it is public funds and that's where the problem is. But there's one who seems very authoritative. He says, uh, where are you? The Namambe plan belongs to the National Union of Coffee Agribusiness and Farm Enterprises, NUCAF, led by Honorable General Sendawula. Last week, Minister Kasaija visited it. Whatever CICC is trying to do, NUCAF is already doing, but constrained by budgets. That's what I was putting to Abdul. Others are constrained by budgets, but CICC has money, has the budget. So we are right to ask them, what are you doing? No, I, I will quickly say, respond to that. Yes. Uh, um, the number of a plant is not uh, the same as... Beans is what you want to get away from, but now you are promoting green beans. No, uh-huh. no, mm. you, you, you cannot roast what you don't have. Okay. Yes. You've got to have the green bean. So, yeah, so, but the, the thing is, these are private, we are private people. Yes. That's the the efforts we money. put in. Yes. Mm. Government gave, the, the money government gave us has had a catalyzing impact yeah. on what we are doing. Because if you look at this plant here, to put it together, you need six and a half million dollars. This is one plant. The one in Ntungamo, you need about 23 million dollars. Yes, mm. these are very big things. I'm not disputing. You very are the one who knows. Mm. And when government gives now, like in my case, three hundred thousand dollars, of course, I, I I completely appreciate, and it has had a catalyzing impact, and it has enabled us to go to where we can get the technology in Vietnam, uh, beautiful, beautiful place. And uh, I happen to have uh, a passion with uh, my brother Robert Kabushenga. We like climbing mountains. So last time in November, we were together and I explained to him what I was doing. Because from that mountain, I went to Vietnam. The technology transfer needed to do this is highly, highly classified. And it's really, really good, especially for spray dry. And to get it, it's not cheap. So when government says, here's something, you appreciate, you run with it and and get more. And build this together. Six and a half million dollars from 300,000. Who shouldn't be happy really? Mm-hmm. I think as a country we should get share. As a country we should really appreciate the efforts of the private farmers. Yes, he get who? Kabushenga. He wasn't. He wasn't. He did not apply. He did not want to do it. He's not in the constituency. No, he's not. So your your ending will give you non-interrupted time. We'll maybe invite you in six months' time. Yeah. What are the KPIs we should look out for as we invite you? For the private people. They are you are the one who said they got money. A functioning tertiary hub. Uh-huh. A functioning tertiary hub. Okay. Okay, I'm recording these things. Yeah. 
so a function a functioning tertiary hub uh, with both with roast and ground instant coffee extraction cold brew all done uh, this what is in six months time, time yeah months we time are saying in six months time yeah mm. the second the secondary hubs we have s we have uh, six of these with capacity to process ready to roast green bean right mm. and and a thousand tons per, per year this will be functional the primary hubs these are the first level processing hubs to to faq kase so we have about 30 primary hubs with capacity for 50 to 200 tons a year and a subscriber base of 50 enterprise enterprise groups each right so we vision about a thousand of these the enter enterprise groups we have uh, these are the first level farm aggregation production and quality control units and membership is over at least 50, 50 farmers each and who is a farmer to us as a consortium a farmer is someone with 80 trees 80 to 100 trees mm. yeah, so if you have less than that then you yeah. need to plant some more. Yeah, you need to plant some more. We can get you to plant some more. So those are the KPIs okay. that we can so speak about. Thank you. In oh, six months time. Uh, Moses Biaranga, the other Biaranga says, Abdu, you may have forgotten on a debate on Pineti. Uh, Parliament recommended uh, that government should support private Ugandan coffee dealers. That you are the people that recommended it. And asking about UCDA, it has been yes. promoting the and growing of coffee and maintaining the certification process of coffee exports. The consortium it's was so supposed free. to engage in marketing and value addition. UCDA doesn't market or export Brandy coffee in any brand. form. So uh, we're going to. to oh, that's this. Oh so we thank you very much for coming into the hot seat, uh, Robert uh, Biaranga. Say something. Finally, quickly, in a sentence. Um, Go to the microphone now. Uh, mm. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to say something. In Vietnam, they produce 30 million bags, right? Mm. As we speak right now in Vietnam and Indonesia, five million bags are not are absent in the market. This is why you see the price for Robusta going up so much. And the certified stock levels at the exchange very low. Why? Because over the last couple of years, they have put together these value-add machines, the roasting plants, for freeze-dry and spray-dry. They are taking, they are like, it's like a vacuum thing. They are taking all the coffee inside in the countries. And because of that, not much coffee is going to the international market. As a result, prices are going up. Right. We are benefiting from the efforts of those there's, people. There's also, in value addition. there's also the weather factor in Brazil. I mean, don't forget, in Brazil, when the weather sorts out in Brazil, again, you'll have no, prices coming weather now. in Brazil affects mostly the Arabica beans. The Robusta beans, it's right. really driven by what is happening in Correct. Vietnam. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. The coffee boom, boom in the late 60s? Yeah. That was weather. So, but, Oscar, uh, I want to be around to go with a question. You said that uh, you are not happy that UCDA is producing below the capacity of the required birds. Yes. Did you know? Did you find out from them why? Because you saw Dr. Beto was telling you that even for the last financial I'll year, give you just one there were a lot of efforts for them to even get uh, mm. their sector funded. One, one, one so minute to answer we, that we one. We better find out why UCDA did not get the expectations of you, the private okay. sector, mm. and on. then for you, for you have got a grant. Go on. I... I Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Wanyoto. I think I... I I'm not I a spokesperson of UCD. Mm. Neither am I. So I wouldn't also speak as to why well, UCD has... No, no, UCD has done a tremendous job to double, to double the, ex the, the, number, the exports in only, I think, from 2014 to 2017, 2018. We had already hit 6 million bags. 
that's 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 a huge amount of work what we are saying is we can add to that we can add to that through all these interventions okay. that we just did. thank you thank so you. much yeah. uh let's stop for a quick break we'll come back from the break this is the capital gang and uh we're back on air from the break mr robert Yarohanga did not even have a cup of coffee when he was in the studio and uh, now i guess he's going to have coffee but oh oh has already started the star cafe journey uh, uh, pardon i beg your pardon mm? i've already had the three fingers mm. of sweet banana and dizzy right yeah. so this is just the beginning. Let me start with with you, Sarah. <laughs> no, no, no. Let him give a man a break. Let's start with. <laughs> because you know he's so, chewing bananas and he's talking. <laughs> so, Doctor Sarah Bieti, the University seventy fourth seventy fourth graduation ceremony was held. Uh, many ceremonies in the week. Uh, we have uh, nearly 1,500 graduations with uh, 47 PhDs, sorry, 131 PhDs, about 1,600 master's degrees and 11,000 undergraduate uh, courses. So you, Uganda is becoming heavily educated. This is just one of the universities. What does this mean for the future of Uganda? Where are these people going to? Yeah, of course, there's a challenge of uh, unemployment. But before that, mm. Vision 2040 clarifies human capital development as one of the priority areas. But also sustainable development goals number four mandates countries to carry out free, equitable, and quality education for all. So when you have this number of graduates, I think the estimate is about 700,000 per year from all universities. Mm. And Makere alone is producing 14,000. But we need to trace the chain before we go to universities. Where, uh, where, what is the process of education? Just mm. last week, the Ministry of Education indicated that they cannot trace 1 million mm. PLE dropouts. So if at primary level you have 50% loss of, of the people that enroll and you can only carry the 50%, where does the 50% go at UPLE? Senior four, we lose 30%. Mm. They, they don't, some of them are not even traced in the vocational institutions. And then, of course, from A-level to universities, also we have about 17% of untraceable people. So the first question is, where do these people go? Do we have a, an accumulation of lost, a lost generation in this country? Then when it comes to universities... I thought that is a normal dropout. Yeah, but where do they go? You see, a country is supposed to trace its citizens. Because once a, pass, a, a child enrolls at P1, their biodata should be captured in the system. So where do these people go? If we, we cannot skill this population... so. The, the, the point I'm making is that we are skidding less than a half of the youth in this country. We are one of the countries with the youngest you know, population in the world. And 78% uh, mm. are young people, 44% mm. aged below 14 years. So if we cannot skill this population, what does the future hold for us as a country? And uh, Partly on the gender card, I was happy about the consistent increase of, of female graduates.
from twenty mm. twenty to to date, we have at least 1% increase of uh, female, uh, the, you know, the girl child graduating, specifically from Makere, and that is good. It yeah, shows they are now 53% and the boys were 47 So that shows that we are beginning to see the real results of affirmative action, holistic affirmative action in our, in our processes. Is that due to government policy, you think? Government. I beg your pardon? The, the <laughs> it's the, a constitutional the, the, mandate. The favorable, the favorable increase mm. of, the, of the girl child in mm. school. Mm. I'm asking uh, my sister, Sarah, or the girl woman, if, if, that, is, <laughs> if that is due to gov NRM government policy, Mm. <laughs> right. Oh, not answer you precisely. Affirmative action is anchored in the Beijing platform of action. I know that it was incorporated in the 1995 constitution, mm -hmm. but the basis is not per se a Ugandan innovation. It is a global action. And it has continued with SDGs. I hope I hope I hope performing well in Congo, in DRC Congo and Somalia, who are part of the global countries. Okay, but yes, we we incorporated the affirmative action in our constitution, but we are now behind because the the world has moved on to gender parity, and we are still struggling with a third, a third percent. So yes, we started well, but we are losing track in mm. terms of progress to gender parity, and and maybe oh, oh that's the feedback I can give you. So in promoting an effective and inclusive education system, we need to look at the quality because why are we having unemployed youth yet the government registers economic progress every year now it's projected at eight eight percent in the next budget why are we having a jobless economy is it that the education system does not fit the demands of the economy or are we having fulfilled figures of economic growth so if you look at the quality of education some scholars have said we need to re redesign the courses at tertiary institution i know we have had several commissions that recommend reforms for higher education in the country but it seems we have not been able yet to create an education system where outputs are easily absorbed in the in the economic or in the job market if you look at our employment rates now we are standing at a third a third of the graduates of the 700, only 238,000 are able to be absorbed in our economy. And each year, we have a floating 462,000 graduates. So this, this gap is really worrying, and that's why we are now becoming a center for exporting our graduates to the Middle East. You, they, they are either absorbed in the border border economy or they go to the Middle East looking for jobs. So when shall we have an economy that can absorb our skilled labor, our skilled labor force of the young people? For me, that is my worry today. And I hope the actors can look at changes of revamping our higher education to make sure that it's applicable and absorbable to our job market. Mm. Abdul. You were a beneficiary, so to speak. You have a daughter who graduated. 
I also have a daughter who graduated. Oh, you oh. also have a congratulations, oh. congratulations to the both of you. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I also need. I hope not Save your comments or make a note because you are trying to say something. Mm. Yeah, my little princess graduated with a bachelor's degree in actuarial sciences. Uh, it's one of those uh, new courses at university. Uh, but but let me say this. First of all, I was so much impressed by the organization <laughs> levels at the university. Uh, when I attended that uh, graduation ceremony, they were more, more, more organized than we were at our time. You need to congratulate the administration of Makerere University. Uh, I also need to use the same opportunity to congratulate my classmates, low classmates, uh, Mr. Sian O'Brien, Mr. Robert Nyombi, Mr. Robert Nyombi, and then uh, Ms. Okelowange Jane had also their kids graduating. So we had some bonanza of my class. Having said that, it, it's not about getting degrees, really, as Sarah puts it. I, I have started the trend of the Asian tigers. How did they manage, among other reasons, to have this jumpstart of their economies? At every level, for example, after primary, we should be able to have that as a catchment area for people who may not proceed to secondary school. At all levels, we need it. So what do we, do, do we have to do? We must develop technical colleges, what you call artisan courses, both at after primary and after all level and even after A level. It's no use you start the Oh, oh, says it, of course, tongue-in-cheek, that uh, a degree in what? Runya Kitara. Runya Kitara. You, you have, like, uh, you know, Sarah, <laughs> you can't, a million graduates with Runya Kitara, what are they going to do anyway, other than going Maybe to a fair border border? Teach, teach you. There's, a, there's an institute for languages at my yes. How many? You have 200, 300, do you have even <laughs> position for them to teach? So, we need to reiterate our educational system. Yeah. When we were young, we had at least every district level, or, or you remember, there was a technical college, which would take all the P7 dropouts. And they turned out to be very useful citizens in, in the mechanics, carpentry, uh, building, and so on, tailoring. Then you go at all level, you do the same. That's how you develop an economy. And for every graduate, for example, you say, I have one civil engineer graduating. How many plumbers do you need to produce to serve this civil engineer? How many of these guys who do wiring of electricity, what are they called? Electricians? Technical technicians, yeah. technicians mm. and so on. Mm. How many do you need? And those ones, you cannot train them at a lower level. Because having degrees in itself cannot develop an economy. It cannot. Yeah. So... I think uh, Mama Janet should be thinking about really rearranging this education system. As it is now, you can have a million and graduates. We all celebrate. Our kids have got degrees. <laughs> but what are they going to do after those good degrees they have gotten? Mm. Ivan? 
you have uh, Asan Kasinje on, on X, formerly Twitter, mm -hmm. saying as he grew up, we celebrated Mafuta Mingi, the local tycoons who are filthy rich out of smuggling. Today we celebrate educated people, even when they haven't gotten formal employment. Therefore, we need an education that provides self-employment opportunities. Yeah. I think we are, me and Asan, we are saying the same thing in Completely. different words. In even the same words. Mm. Go on, Ivan. Well, Oscar, uh, first of all, congratulations to the graduates. Uh, it's a, it's and a that's who produced oh, of and, course, and of paid course, their fees. Of course, of course, of course. Of course. What do you want to cheat us? I relate to both ends, so I relate to both sides. So I appreciate, I appreciate the role of each. But I was thinking from the from the from the perspective of a student because yes, that day is very important for a parent, but most importantly for the student. It is a very, very special occasion. I saw some people on Twitter trying to water down the, to say what awaits them and all, but I think that mm. it's a very important occasion. So congratulations to all the grand ones. My comment, though, on the, on the, on the human capital development aspect uh, is I don't think that we are doing, as a country, we are doing a, a, a sufficient job in really, really appreciating the the, the implications of capital human capital development to the broad to the overall social economic transformation of the you know of the country because human capital development has a very grave impl implications on uh, right now Oscar the one of the biggest challenges people the, the president has been talking about how Uganda has been one of those countries that have sustained economic growth of over five percent for over three decades since 1987 and, and, and yet and uh yet -huh. you have failed to transform to structurally transform transform one of the biggest barriers is is the dependency like the, the first of all the, the the dynamics of our population you have a very significantly young population more than half of the of the population about 53 percent are aged 15 years and below so you have one of the highest dependency rates in the world of for every working adult you have over 42 dependents in this country just think about it for every working person you have 42 dependents <laughs> And so people talk about black tax. That is what how you factor in. Uh, you, uh, if you are not an MP, uh, mm. this is this this, this is what true. it means. So it means that for every person working, they are unable to save money or to invest money productively in uh, terms of scaling or entrepreneurship or or producing or innovation because they have other forty-two people they are taking care of basic survival survival needs. So what does that mean? That means that. We really, really, as a country, have to focus on, on developing uh, skill sets in our graduates that can empower them to become productive members immediately from school. So by that, you will have solved the unemployment problem, have solved the dependency problem, and also now reinvigorated the, 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 the economy. One of the ways of, of, of doing that is shifting the focus of our education. And I'm glad this reform is progressively happening in the curriculum review and all. Uh, to shift the focus from teaching to test memorization and reproduction mm -hmm. of what you learn in class. To really focus on the soft, so soft skills. Things like innovation and problem solving. Problem, things like critical thinking. Things, uh, skills like collaboration, negotiation. 
these are those are those are some of the skills out here once you leave the the uh, shield of the university that you will need on the very day you step out of those gates of Makere to survive in this uh, in this world you may even have a first class degree but if you don't have these social skills excellent communication skills innovation having been taught how to think outside the box to innovate to identify solutions to problem you will struggle to cope you will struggle to create jobs or find something to do to be to, you know to be productive and you will sit back and hope that and think that having that degree entitles you to a job which does not exist so uh, but but this is this these are things that kids cannot be self-taught cannot teach themselves these are skill sets that the education system must progressively be reoriented to develop to harness and to promote in in you know in 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 the economy because Oscar look at the the new curriculum mm. uh, secondary school curriculum mm. is trying to do that yeah exactly mm. that's why i i said i'm i'm glad that we are <coughs> we are going toward uh, to, uh, to towards towards that because you see look at the many employment uh, things uh, now the uh, spaces young people are finding jobs you know these new media new media technologies are giving or very many options for many you know for for young people the gig economy now across the world is a very lucrative uh, industry mm. and what are the so the skills needed in the gig economy it is those skills uh, communication innovation uh, critical thinking think being able to sit in your room and imagine a a, a service you can rent out there, then get out there, market it, and then and and then and then and from it. So the country, the people at the National Planning Authority at Vision 2040 must, and the implementers of those programs must sit and realize that actually okay. investing in these skill sets of our children can be can be a very important panacea in addressing mm. the dependency problem, the addressing the unemployment uh, you know problem in this country, so that the money thank or the growth you, in the you, economy can mm. be tri can trickle down, and you have more people investing, you have more uh, local industrialists and you know producers you, in the in the economy. Oh, oh. <coughs> you've had uh, graduates. You have children who graduated. Mm. Oh. To congratulate the graduates and their families mm. for succeeding uh, where others didn't even send their children to school. Others abdicated responsibility along the way. And so the rate of fallout Sarah was referring to is due to many factors. Uh, the parents, the children themselves. In this market you saw a former guild president who is graduating after 10 years. Yeah. Now, that one you can't even <laughs> blame the parent. You can only blame him <laughs> for his focus and so on. But we congratulate the ones who have graduated successfully. Even him, we congratulate. Even him. Mm. Now, there are many reasons why the rates of uh, fallout are still high, which we need to deal with. I don't think we can exist in this discussion. Uh, but uh, I don't think reforming tertiary education alone is sufficient, as Sarah seems to imply. We need to deal with the, from the primary education system. Abudu made part of the reference that when our time, of course Abudu is much younger than me, I don't know when he says our time, <coughs> but uh, take out the word much. <laughs> younger in 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 in, in, <laughs> in my days. This mid 70s, early 70s, in primary school, you would have this thing we used to call 
artwork, art and craft. Mm. Just learning to weave mats, yes. baskets, making pots, uh, making uh, rudimentary timber uh, furniture. So that if you fall out at P3, you are able to make a mat. Now, assuming you make that mat for five years, you hone your skills and the mat will be of better quality and you can sell in the local market. The children we have today, if they fall out at P3, because that has been discarded, what can they do? How can they earn? they would find it difficult to, to earn. Your children and mine can no longer go back to the hall, even just to dig, even just to be a village porter. They cannot. Because even handling a hole, they don't know. Even if you ask him to pick a mango from a mango tree, they most likely don't know how to pick a mango. So even those basic skills they don't have. So we need to revamp the entire education system. We don't have the, the resources, so we, are, we have to go gradually, sector by sector, and so on. The second area is certainly mindset. The technical and vocational institutes uh, Abdul is referring to, they actually exist, and they have been even expanded in the last 30 years. But where is the mindset of <laughs> we parents and guardians? Mm. Rarely will you find a parent who has gone to university who's accepting to take their children after P7 to do masonry studies in the institute, to do plumbing. We are all looking at a university. Now, with the spread of a university, a universities, some don't even bother which university, as long as it's a university. People will sell land. Now, instead of selling a plot of land at 10 million shillings and send a child to university, Probably if this child had a set of skill at, uh, at senior four, this 10 million could be a set-up capital to do something more relevant. And then if that child wants to, to continue with a professional course in a formal institution, they can then pay for themselves. But not, not many parents, not many guardians are willing to take their children to vocational and technical institutes. Go to any of these institutes, especially the ones of government, you will find that the enrollment is below 40%, below 30%. We have left those ones to people who we say are not our, our level. So we, need, but, so, so we need to encourage. And I'm glad when this last, this last, this week actually, when BitVet results uh, came out, uh, they, they, they said that in the last one year, the last academic year, the enrollment has improved by about 22%. I think we need to encourage children and guardians to focus, to, take, to, to, to mm. have interest in vocational and technical st studies. The other area is mindset of the graduates, people who are coming out of school, let alone university people, but also university people. How many of our university people Somebody has studied political science and public administration. How many of them will you say go to a winner market and open one store and they accept? Uh, no, they are doing it. They have no option. No, no, they are doing it as a last resort. They have no option. They are doing it as a last hey. resort. So they are half-minded there. 
the moment they get an opportunity for to when Oscar an offers them some clerical work at Taiba High, they will do a quick run uh. to Taiba because they are going to get a formal salary. So teaching people patience and resilience in the business world, I, I think we need to do a lot of work in order to, mm. to deal with this issue. It is not that uh, it is not that the jobs are not there, but are people willing to do those jobs? Look, look at the business world. The other day we were having a laugh here on this show. We said, Tom Wevers, you went and put free Wi-Fi in a winner market, in Nakasero market, at uh, at uh, Constitution Square, starting at midnight, uh, at at uh, eight p.m. up to six a.m. Who's going to work at night? Now we need to encourage people, especially young people, that we are developing a 24/7 economy. Mm -hmm. Therefore, people who cannot obtain jobs during the day can do those the, 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 those okay. jobs at night. Thank you. And we can Lydia, do partially close, with unemployment issue. Close. We are out of this time, but there's enough time for Lydia to close out uh, this topic. And 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 I have a good of a week that uh, I will I share it with the Fono Pono. Mm. Um, I would like to join my colleagues to congratulate all the graduates that uh, were a week long yeah. being recognized at Makere University, but also uh, to, not, to notice that there have been also other universities <laughs> graduating many young people in Uganda. I think we have 54 chartered universities in Uganda now, including the one in my home area, IU, IU. They also had a very big graduation recently. So, knowledge is important, and those certificates are important. It's, it's a big life achievement. What comes next is now the other life degree you get. Because if you sit at home and look at your beautiful certificate every day, and you look at your parent, you may not really meet your aspirations. But you have to go out and hustle. The mm, good thing for sure. these days is that there is this is social media or internet if you can access it like OO is saying, you can search for opportunities or you can be able to innovate something and, and you get it's moving. Um, by the time you finish university, you are able to maneuver around and get some data. You cannot fail really because uh, at university you've built networks, you've built uh, the way your way out. You're not like that one who has not been in any uh, associations because these people form associations as they go to university. They, you, you can move along with friends, with, with networks. Many of us, when we finished university, even if you didn't have a relative in Kampala, you left university with a friend, networks, and you're able to loop on with their, through their parents or relatives and start somewhere away from the village where there are no opportunities. But now there are opportunities in many places. We have more urbanized areas. I would like just to call upon the graduates to look beyond what their parents have given them mm. and to look beyond what they have. Let them also utilize the friends, the lecturers, and, and uh, you go and get, be a go-getter. You'll be able to start okay. somewhere in the first two, three years. Thank you. And then you pick it on from there. Yeah. Yes. They, uh, despite sidestepping the question about changing signatures, I admire that coffee guy's composure when articulating things under the hot seat, especially when he was seated right next to Sarah Birete. Um, and then I have, uh, where are you, Fondo Fondo? My good, I, I, I had a talk 
to the Rotary Club of Kampala Sese. And uh, my, my brother, hold my on, brother. Just, let me just finish this one. And with you with the microphone, uh, <laughs> in preparation, you know, or, or calls me up on Thursday as I was going to talk to the Rotary Club of Kampala Sese about the capital gang, and then or just gives me some feeder information about a one Benson Omara. So, oh, could you, one minute talking about yes, Benson I went, Omara. Yes, I went, I went to Walker's house and I find this uh, Askari, a guard at the entrance. Private security. Private security mm. with the said. He smiles at me, he comes to me and greets me and says, I love you, oh. I love the capital gang, mm -hmm. and especially Omsomisa, mm -hmm. Oscar Semwea. Please greet him for me. Oh, so yeah. I called Oscar on phone and said, please, you talk to Direct. Oscar. Uh, talk to Oscar directly. Mm -hmm. So they talked for about three minutes and said, please, go and greet the gang. When I, cannot, when I don't have time to listen, I record and Just I listen afterwards. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, Ongom, thank you very much. Your Omara. Message. Omara. O Omara. Omara. Now, Oscar, just, uh, I wanted you to allow me to thank yes. my brother, my father's mm -hmm. son, mm -hmm. Abu Dukatuntu. He has donated another shirt of anti from from the US. He says, "PSA Bank." Oh, you need to inform the listeners. Nineteen zero five. That the color. Public declaration. Yes. We are being chased out of a studio. What color is this, Oscar? Sir, you call it mauve. Move, 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 M-A-U-V-E. But yes. I guess it's less than uh, 200,000 Uganda shillings. I don't have to declare. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you very much to the listeners of the Capital Gang. Thank you very much, Star Cafe, for powering the gang. Schools are starting. We started already, but schools are starting next week. Dr. Sayabirete, thank you so much. We've enjoyed you on the Capital Gang. Thank you. Uh, and thank you to all the gangsters on the gang. Uh, I am Oscar Semiam Suke, and have a lovely weekend. <laughs>